Welcome to New Reality, the platform that empowers tomorrow's future today. Welcome back, y'all. It's been a while. I hope you guys are well. Today, we're going to be having a roundtable discussion with some amazing folks discussing the various challenges we face as Muslims navigating in the 21st century. I'm joined by Sarah and Shazia, as well as two special guests. Hi, everyone. I'm so very excited to be on this podcast with one of my best friends. So I'll let himself introduce himself. Um, So Khalil, I'll go for it. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Khalil. I'm an old friend of Sarah's, and I'm very, very excited to be here today to share some thoughts and talk about topics that are really important to us. So I'm an educator. I work for the TDSB Elementary Board, uh, and I teach French and arts uh, on a daily basis. So it's really fun and exciting. Uh, And I also, I I do men's hair on on the side, sort of like a passion of mine that quickly turned into a business. So it's something that is very, very important to me and I'm passionate. I'm lucky to be passionate about two things in life, the chance to share that with lots of people. So I'm glad to meet all of you and I'm excited to, to go on. That's amazing, Khalil. You know, I might just need to hit you up regarding my hair. Uh, it's always been, I, I don't know what to do with it. I might need to, you know, get some of your consultation. So we'll definitely talk afterwards. And he also completely downplays his success. He doesn't just do it as a passion. He's like a complete, like a whole business and everything. And he has like a thousand followers on Instagram and like has his schedule books up. Like I have to meet, like to meet with him in like a month in advance. So no, he's like very successful in both paths that he's taken. Well, you know, it's a bit of a stretch. I do what I can and I do what I love. And, you know, that's what's important. So thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. That's awesome. Over to you, Shazia. Hi, everyone. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so my name is Shazia, um, as some of you guys know. And I am actually going to be introducing a good friend of mine. Her name is Sidra. And I actually met her in Bahamas on a host vacation. So over to you, Sidra. Thanks so much, Shazia. Welcome, everybody. I'm Sidra um, from New Jersey, born and raised. Uh, definitely don't have an exciting passion that's blew up on Instagram like Khalil, but um, I did recently resign from my job, which has been super exciting and has helped, you know, restructure priorities and um, help out in other ways, getting involved with the community, getting involved with things like new reality, um, and just finding different and more meaningful uh, tasks that hobbies to fulfill my life with. Um, so as Shazia mentioned, I mentioned I, I met her on a very spontaneous and organic trip. Um, and we've been connected since and things like this have been blossoming. Awesome. So yeah, so so just to touch on basically what we're going to do today, um, as Heather was mentioning earlier on. Um, so basically, we're just going to focus on things uh, on different topics of religion, especially in living in the 21st century. We're basically going to be speaking about like interse- intersectionality between Dean and Dunya and the intersectionality between culture and religion, and also what it means to you. So what does religion mean to you as listeners, as well as our speakers here today? And how does that make you feel? What are some of the challenges that you are dealing with? And what are some of the different methods that have helped you overcome these challenges? So to begin, um, I think the first question we kind of wanted to explore is um, how present is religion in our lives? I would say for me, um, so currently I'm 25 and 
Um, I would say religion has a bigger part of my life now than it did when I was younger. I think that, you know, when I was younger, especially be, uh, you know, going to a, I went to a Catholic high school, um, you know, then going to university, I didn't have a lot of Muslim friends. I do think that it kind of took a, you know, it was on the back burner for a very long time. For a very long time, I was also ashamed of being Muslim and, you know, even letting other people know that I was Muslim. Of course, with everything, you know, going on in the world and everything, I do think now it's a lot more acceptable, you know, and I'm a lot more, uh, I'm prouder to say that I'm Muslim than I was um, before. So I think now I'm much more open about my religion. Um, And I do, you know, like I had um, the opportunity to actually go to Hajj uh, with my parents a few years ago. And my parents, I would say are, they're they're not very religious, but they're definitely practicing, um, you know, um, individuals. So it is very present in my life. We do, you know, go to the mosque quite like prior to COVID at least like two to three times a week. You know, I had a community and everything like that. Um, so I would definitely say as I, you know, get older, um, religion has had a bigger part of my life and yeah, that's kind of where I stand right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people have similar pathways. Uh, what about you, Sidra? So it's funny, um, cause just to juxtapose Sarah, it's, um, I grew up knowing my identity as a Muslim so strongly but like, it's not like I'm the most religious person on the planet. You know, I haven't gone to Hajj and um, I don't go to the masjid two to three times a week. So it's so interesting how, although we both technically come from two starting, two different starting points, we're walking the same path, you know? Totally. I also feel that, you know, like even when you say like, oh, I've been to Hajj and I've been to like, you know, I go to the mosque three times a week, but that still doesn't mean like I'm as religious as other people might, you know, expect me to be, you know what I mean? Like, for example, I don't wear the hijab, you know, like I still don't pray five times a day, you know, Um, it's still very hard. Um, So, you know, it's like, it's like, I think it, at the end of the day, like it's like religion is, is how much you want it to be. You get what you put out of it, you know? Um, and, and for example, for me, it's like, it starts in your heart, you know, like you can pray five times a day, but be a crappy person, you know, but I'd rather be a good person than not pray five times a day, you know? So it's really all perspective, I would say. Um, but yes, before we get more into it, Khalil, what about you? Um, yeah, definitely for me, um, religion has been a part of my life more as a guide and I come from a somewhat conservative family. So growing up, it was always my mom, you know, asking me if I've prayed yet or um, on my bum to, to finish my prayers that I've missed. And that became a, a routine that I built through um, my mom's guidance. But, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm still struggling with my daily prayers. And it's a challenge. Every day feels like an uphill battle, you know. Um, but I've also had a lucky chance of completing my Umrah when I was, you know, 21, 22. And that came out of, out of nowhere. I wasn't in a place where I thought I was ready for a trip like that, but it happened through a really cheap deal, you know, like, like six fifty round trip. So my friends, I like, me that deal, please. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, take it or, or not. So I remember going on that trip and the day before I was like, man, what what's going on? Am I ready for this or not? But my mom said, sometimes you, those trips come at you and it's, it's more like an invitation, right? So you, you take it and you learn from, from it just through the experience. So definitely I can relate to Sarah, as she mentioned, through life. And as I've gotten older, um, religion has played a bigger role in my life. And I've learned a lot through those experiences. And I'm still struggling. I'm still 
fighting those demons every day, but it's, it's that resilience and the consistency of trying to be better on a daily basis that's gotten me, I mean, to where I am now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Thanks for sharing that, Khalil. Um, I just wanted to add that, you know, listening to everyone, it seems like we're measuring our religiosity with these different aspects, such as Hajj and Umrah and prayer. But in reality, religiosity and like how Islam is important to us is not just portrayed in these acts, but it's so much more than that. Um, So personally, in my experience, I find that and it's funny, I ask a lot of people, I'm like, hey, like, are you religious or you're spiritual? Like, there's a difference between that. You know, you can be religious, like you can be praying five times a day, you can go for Hajj, you can go for Umrah, you can pay Zakat, you can do all of that. But what about your ikhlaq? Like, what about your character? You know, what about your spirituality? And so I'm really fond of Sufism and Buddhism and like, you know, practicing like meditation, for example. And I personally find that my religion has enhanced more so with these aspects of spirituality through different different challenges that, I, that I've been through in life, whether it's the loss of a loved one or whether it's like not getting my dream job or it's something that, you know, that really hit me uh, close to heart. It's in these moments where I find that I personally find that, you know, um, God is speaking to me in a spiritual way rather than, you know, rather than just like praying. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of just wanted to add to that. Um, And it's really interesting to see that and say that, you know, there's there's more to religion, just the practices itself. I would also like to add on that when Khalil mentioned about like his upbringing, like that was very similar to mine. You know, you grow up, your mom's always like on your, on you. Like, you know, did you read Zohar yet? Did you read Asr yet? And did you read Mugger? And you're just like, like, okay, I'll do it. I'll get to it. And, and then eventually you do get to it. But I remember as a child for me, going through it was more like a routine. It was just like, I have to get this done. This is like a task on my list. And so I treated it that way. Like I would go through namaz and I would read like Surah Fatiha and like, I would have no idea what I'm saying. I would just do it because it was like part of the routine, right? I know that. And then once I would finish namaz and like even throughout namaz, in my mind, it was like, I can't wait to be done. I have to go eat, man. I'm hungry, bro. Like, so it didn't mean anything. And I think for me personally, it wasn't like I'm 20 now, but I think it was just a couple of years ago when like I needed religion that it became present. I had religion in my life. Like I was blessed to be, you know, with a family that was practicing and I had that, but it didn't mean anything to me until I needed it. And, and then from there, it's been, alhamdulillah, present in my life. And I try to just continue learning and just growing through it. Yeah. And that's really the beauty of it. Like um, if everybody here is first generation, I know I am, uh, it was part of our parents' culture, right? To read namaz. It was your religion and your culture were intertwined. Here we have, or finding our identities. Like I remember in kindergarten, I knew my mom had told me, you know, we eat sabiha. When you go to the school cafeteria, make sure you're getting pizza. And then I see a hamburger and I'm like, oh, my mom makes hamburgers. So does that mean that this hamburger is halal? And it was at that moment that I realized that, yes, I'm Muslim. Yes, I'm Pakistani, but I have another identity and that's American. And what does that mean? And it wasn't until I was actually in, I went to a Catholic university and learning how the, like the Catholic religion that was required 
and they mention our prophet, peace be upon him, in their books and their teachings and seeing that, wait, Islam isn't just my identity. It was a very real thing that people around the globe talked about is what made it more real of an identity and less of a, well, this is who I am and I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah, that's, that's really relevant to draw. This actually brings me to my, to our next question, which is what is the biggest challenge you face in integrating religion into your life currently? Yeah, I think um, to kind of, you know, hop on to what Sidra was just saying is that I feel that often that um, when we talk about Islam or even at the mosque, that you're made to fit, that you have to fit in this box, you know, that you have to be your either or. Either I'm religious and I'm a good Muslim or I'm not. You know, there's no in between. So I'm either praying five times a day, I'm wearing the hijab, you know, I'm doing all these things or I'm like the, I'm like going to hell, you know? And I think when I listen to Qibaz, a lot of times that's how it makes me feel, you know, it's like, oh, because I'm not doing this one thing, that means I'm going to go to hell, you know? And I think that's why a lot of younger people, especially more so now than ever are leaving um, religion, not even just Islam, just religion as a whole, because it's like, you can't be multi, like more than one person, you know, like, I think, like, so I told my dad, you know, so many times, even my parents, we fight, you know, about like, you know, what I'm doing, or, um, you know, you know, very like things like, you know, normal, like young adult things. And I'm like, why can't I be, you know, the girl that likes to have fun and goes out with her friends, but also I like, I am a Muslim. Why can't I be those two people? At the end of the day, you're probably not doing anything, quote unquote, like haram or bad, right? You're just doing something that's outside their norm exactly you know and if, for example like you know like i i love to go out dancing you know and um i'm i don't know that i'm gonna go out dancing if that makes me a bad muslim then okay then i'm going to hell but like that's what i like to do like am i not going to do something you know like because that's you know does that mean i don't have a part in religion does that make me a bad person or even something with not wearing the hijab technically speaking like you're you know we're supposed to wear it but that does, does that make us bad muslims if we're not wearing the hijab you know, so it's all these questions that, like, I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like religion often lacks to see, like, the intersectionality of, like, different, um, you know, our different experience, our lived experience. And I think religion takes that out, you know, and, like, we're just not an equation, you know, like, every each one of us are different. We have different backgrounds, different cultures, you know, we're different beings. And, you know, and I just feel that often religion makes you feel that you don't have a space in here. And I think that would be my biggest challenge. <laughs> It's, it's really interesting to hear what you're saying, Sarah, and it's funny because I came across similar experiences in my past as well, too, especially when I went for Umrah, and like I used to live in Saudi Arabia, and uh, I used to go for Umrah quite frequently, and every time I would come back, you know, and I'm not a hijabi, and there would be this expectation, like, hey, why isn't she wearing hijab? Like, you just did, like, an Islamic pilgrimage, like, why aren't you wearing hijab, you know? Um, but thankfully, like, you know, my family is really supportive about my decision and all of that. But I'm curious to know from the male perspective, Khalil and Hader, what do you think are the biggest challenges that you're currently facing in life right now in terms of, you know, integrating Islam into your religion and how I guess it's very different than a female perspective? Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good question because I've been struggling a lot with finding a balance between um, what's right for me and what I like to do and with what the word of the Quran states. So for me, I feel like every day it's it's a temptation that I feel like I fall into. And that's like, 
you know, what you would do with your friends when you're out, like Sarah said, going out dancing and partying. There's a fine line in the book that they mentioned, but it's difficult nowadays when you're living in a life where all these things are so accessible and so easy to get to and you have friends around you that or want to do the same thing. So it gets, it gets really, really difficult. Um, for me, I'm, I mean, it's, it's been a challenge that I have not been able to overcome yet. Um, but still working through those temptations and making sure that I'm aware of, of what I want in my life and what I want out of religion and what I um, aim to, to achieve through it. So yeah, it's a work in progress. I think that's a really good point because like, um, you know, when my parents are like, you know, scolding me and everything, I'm like, what were you doing at my age? You know? So I feel like often they're like, they, they, they want us to be these people that they weren't even at our age. Right. And I, I think that goes back to the point that like, you know, as he, Khalil was saying, is that like what you want in your life? And I think that constantly changes, you know, like, am I going to be a 50 year old that likes to go dancing? Probably not. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's okay. So I, I think like at different stages in your life, you're going to want, you know, different things. And just, I think like, like you said, finding that balance and where Islam fits in that. Yeah. I just wanted to add to that, Sarah, too, is that it's, it's funny because there's a generational gap. Like our parents are expecting us to do one thing, which is what they've been taught. And then we're kind of just a confused generation trying to find that medium balance. Like, I know I've been through, I've been very confused at times. Like, okay, what's right? What's not right? What can I do? What can I, what can I not do? You know? So, um, and I think that's why like new reality and having these open ended like conversations about these challenges that we're all struggling with is so important because we are going to be the change of the next generation um and so if we can navigate that in these and you know navigate it in a positive perspective and with a positive outlook i think that our next generation will actually be in a better position than us um Hedra, what about you i'm curious to know what what are some of your challenges i it's very strange feeling because i feel like khalil is like reading my mind in a way like, I don't know how, but it's like the exact same, like living in the West. I think it's a lot harder because you're not surrounded by people who are acting in like the ideal way. And like, you know, it's very easy to get influenced, right? So if you're, if you're in um, like an Islamic country and stuff, so it, it's a little bit easier because, you know, there's a common saying, like you're an average of the people around you, right? So very much like what Khalil said, being here in the West and like having these temptations stuff, it, it is, it is quite difficult. And, you know, we always strive to like follow the Quran and follow the Hadith. But I guess my biggest challenge would be incorporating my deen throughout my dunya, as opposed to, to it being separate from dunya. Right. Like, so I like, at least I'm trying to like, whatever I learn from deen, see how I can, make that a part of my life as opposed to now I'm going to make time for Dean. No, no. Dean is, Dean is how I'm living life. So that's been a, that's been a big challenge for myself. And, you know, we discuss our challenges and in integrating religion into our lives. How do you think we could go about overcoming these challenges? I guess that's a that's a very important question, which is how can you navigate these? Um, and I think you already touched on two very important methods, which is the Quran, which is and you know also our hadiths as well that we follow. 
Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's so much more than just that, you know, and I and I do discuss spirituality, but, you know, there are different methods of navigating that such as, you know, things like therapy, such as things like online resources or like support groups or actually having a close knit of friends that you can actually discuss these taboo conversations with or even having and I, and I understand that there's a lot of youth that are struggling to find that healthy space um and i understand they can't have these conversations with their parents but if you have a close-knit of friends that you can you can challenge these uh these norms and you know feel supported or at least just get it off of your chest i think that that goes a long way sidra what do you think i absolutely agree with you shazia it's so funny because i feel that the world and communication was moving much faster. And now as young Muslims, we are catching up to that and taking advantage of the way that we're all communicating. Uh, it's, I agree that your social circle matters. I agree that even online presence is a social circle. And I think finding information from the right sources and making sure that we are not only getting that information that relates to the Quran deeds, but it takes us further than just, just telling us what it says and more explaining. Like, for example, you hit upon therapy and now it is a cultural norm to talk about mental health and mindfulness. I recently learned through different Islamic resources online that mental health and mindfulness and meditation is all integrated in Islam already. But who knew that? Because what we knew was a culture that Islamic countries have that we all grew up knowing because our parents grew up knowing that to no fault of their own. And it was a big mesh of what is actually Quran Hadith, what is culture, and what is people discovering themselves. And it's more than just, this is what the Quran says, this is what the Hadith says, this is, and then on a separate page, this is what culture and society says. Because if you tie it all together, now is when we're finding our norms, we're finding our, our groups like New Reality, we're finding our non-Muslim friends who know who you are, you know, and won't say, hey, Sither, I have a drink with us because they know your boundaries and having those like open-minded um, influences around you, Muslim and non-Muslim, finding the correct information, making the effort to find that information or like myself, I follow like a million meme accounts, but I'm going to make sure that like three to whatever are Muslim meme accounts. And then you're like, wait a second, this meme was for me, which means thousands of people in the world feel the same way. And there you go. You have your community. That's so good. That is so funny. The meme account. I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think, you know, what you said is, is, is so powerful, you know, like, often, you know, I personally feel like, you know, when I go to the mosque, I'm being like almost a hypocrite, you know, like I don't, you know, I've made, I've been made to feel that like, oh, I don't have space here because I'm not exactly how, you know, uh, you know like those aunties at the mosque are, you know, um, but that shouldn't be the case, you know, and I think, I think this is why there is this, for example, right? Like, I think this conversation should have happened in a mosque, you know, but why are these conversations not happening in mosques, you know, because people are so afraid that like, oh, if we don't preach exactly what we're supposed to do, that people are going to be like, you know, it's going to all hell's going to like let loose, you know, but, um, but I think that's, that's what it is, you know, I think is that often like I've made feel like, especially when it comes to like my Muslim 
community that I don't really have a space here because I'm not exactly like quote unquote on how I'm Muslim, you know, women should be. Um, and quite surprisingly, it, it was actually my, you know, my, you know, my non-Muslim friends that, you know, made me feel like Sarah, like you could be Muslim and still like these things, you know, and like, it was just so interesting that, you know, people who don't necessarily come from, you know, like religion were, you know, like we're able to see that and, and, you know, and we're welcoming and open to that, you know, like I get like, you know, like Eid gifts and like, you know, Ramadan, you know, like they know, like, like you said, your boundaries, right. You know, like, for example, like, you know, like going out, they'll know like there's things I will do, things I won't do. Right. So I think that's like, for me, that, like you said, it, it, it just like, I've made, you know, like I, like I've, my community has often made me feel like I don't have a space here. And I think that's why young people are leaving Islam. You know, I think the last goodbye listen to um the mom was saying that's all the counseling he's been doing recently just parents were distraught because all their kids are leaving islam because i think you know parents obviously they're doing the best that they can but they you know they're just constantly like you know forcing down this idea you know and like i shouldn't be yeah we are born muslim but i should learn to love islam i shouldn't be muslim because i was born into it i should be muslim because i love islam and i want to be muslim and i think often that choice is almost like taken away from us and that's why like it doesn't you know become it's not a choice we want to make you know even i remember being 19 i'm like you know what i'm not gonna pray because i know it's gonna piss off my mom (laughs) you know so i honestly think it's things like that you know when you're forced to do something you don't want to do it yeah, you're taught to please your parents, not to please your dean and God and inner, you know, spirituality. But it's really funny, Sidra, you actually mentioned something which was so important because you mentioned culture and then religion. And what we're talking about right now, and Hitler also mentioned this as well earlier, is that we are we are measured not only um up against these like islamic values but also our parents like our parents are expecting these different things of us which is hey like you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do that and i know like just like sarah there's been times where i've said no i'm not gonna pray just because i was a rebellious child at one once upon a time (laughs) um but yeah but it's really funny because Um, we're measured up against these different values but now I'm finding because there's so much awareness of who we are what our identities are is that we're finally trying to explore Islam on our own terms rather than our parents terms Um, and so I did want to kind of just expand on one thing is that how is culture challenging with religion and Khalil I want to hear from you yeah, I agree with a lot of um, what was said. And I, I think the point that spoke out to me the most was having a support group and a community for you to, to work with. And I think for me, that's been a huge, um, you know, huge role to play in overcoming my challenges. Um, like my friends, for example, I, I think I see them more than my own sibling. You know, I, I spend so much time with them every night and you have to be able to open up those lines of communication and talk about these topics with the people that you see the most and for me i'm lucky enough to have a muslim group but we all have our shortcomings and we all know that individually we have things to work on we're all aware of that and we talk about it and we actually make decisions uh collectively which is a huge bonus for for my growth and for their growth and we talk about these issues and that has been a huge huge you know role to play in my life and in setting goals short-term goals long-term goals whatever, whatever the case may be but knowing that there's room to improve and there's always someone that I can turn to. Um, that's been really, really important. What is helping me overcome like 
the challenges that I'm having is surrounding myself with people who are kind of like improving my faith. Like these are people who are on, on, on a higher level, in my opinion, in regards to with their deen. And so just being around them and like going to certain events or like hearing their thoughts and like, you know, being excited about spending time with them, like in regards to just spending time and like just having a good time. But we also like, for example, we would be playing like video games one day or like watching a movie and then Maghrib time would come and they would be like, oh, uh, let's just take a break from Maghrib. And like these things go such a long way, right? Because most of the time it, for me, it was um, um, we would be watching or we would do something and um, nobody like none of my friends were Muslims. And like, so we like nobody would care whether it's Maghrib time or whatnot. And like, I would kind of feel awkward just like moving off to the side and like, I would just continue with the movie. Oh, I'll read Kazai after all, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up on it. Um, and so like just surrounding myself with people like who are Dean oriented, it, it really helped me out. And I started to look forward to having those discussions about Dean and like that, that, that was the, that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I, you know, kind of like you're just, you're surrounding yourself with like, like-minded people I think um even for me like being so close with Khalil we both come from the same background so we're both from Mauritius and I think often like if I'm going to tell my you know my random friend who is like all these things they'll be like I don't know what you're talking about Khalil will be like I know exactly what you're talking about because you know we have similar parents with similar traditions and cultures and I think that takes the you know like that's a really big part of how religion is like integrated in your life um, and I think Sidra, I believe you mentioned that, how, you know, there, I think often, um, you know, growing up, there was no difference between what culture is, what religion is, you know, and there's a big difference <laughs> between those two, you know, something as simple, like, oh, when I go out outside, like at night, I have to tie my hair, you know, growing up, I'm like, why do I have to do that? You know, but then, my, you know, because, you know, back in Mauritius, that's something they all do, um, you know, but then after like actually looking into it, there's zero places where it says I need to tie my hair in Islam, <laughs> you know, so I think culture plays a huge role. Um, and even like the way, you know, uh, your parents are or, you know, your family are, um, um, things like that. So I think it's, it's, that's a really big, has been a really big uh, role in my life. Yeah. And I think what's really powerful now, though, is that like what you said earlier, sorry, I really like, like, just because I'm Muslim and I do this, does that not make me Muslim? Like, of course it does. You know, if you're saying you're Muslim, you're Muslim, right? And then everybody does, like, lives their their reality the way they do. But what's important, I think, is people are trying to find the answers, right? Like, well, why do we do it this way? Or does it actually say that in Islam? And that's more important than um, being like, I guess, you know, I guess I have to do it or or that's or nothing, you know? Yeah, thanks for that, Sidra. That actually brings us to our last question, actually, um, which is, what do you think are some methods that our listeners can actually utilize on how to support themselves and also their loved ones when they're going through some kind of challenges? Like, for example, if a friend comes to you and said, hey, you know what, my mental health is deteriorating and I need like, I, I need X, Y, Z. Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really good one. I think um, I think for me, what's some what I always tell people is that at the end of the day, is that like, we're not God, you know? And I think that who are we to judge anyone with, regarding anything? So I, 
I, you know, like even when I approach someone or when they approach me, I think always being um, just respectful, just respectful and just kind, I think just goes like a really long way and not judging anyone, you know, like something as simple as um, I have a wedding of two of my good friends and they're lesbians, right? And my mom asked me like, oh, are you going to attend the wedding? And I said, yeah, I'm going, of course I'm going. And she said, oh, like, you know, this is, you know, not like haram and everything. I'm like, mom, at the end of the day, I'm not God. Who am I to judge them? They're celebrating their love. They want me to be part of their two people I care about individually and I'm going to respect their choices. And that's how I'm going to go about that. And I think that's what's important because I also think that uh, um, I've been in situations where, uh, Muslim people or just religious people are um, categorized as very judgmental and like closed off. Um, and I don't think that's how we should be, you know, and I do think that if you are judging people, that makes you a bad Muslim or a bad, you know, Christian or, you know, anything else, you know, because, you know, the Quran tells us we're not supposed to judge anyone because we're not any better than anyone else. So those are just my few um, thoughts on that. I, I definitely agree with the not judging. I think that there's, there's so much more to kindness and open-mindedness that, that I, like, like I mentioned earlier, my, I'm very strong in my identity as a Muslim, right? Like I'm, I will fight tooth and nail to be like, that's my identity. I don't care. I've always defended it. Even when not knowing what I was defending. And as you learn to so like, I, I have to say like the more you learn and let me tell you, I have learned nothing so far. I've like, I know nothing, but what I'm learning is because what, let me, let me backtrack and let me explain that I, I did finally find that break very recently. And, um, I need to, I need to find the answers on my own. I know what my parents have taught me. I know what that angry mom at the masjid taught me, you know, like, but I need to find my own answers and I need to go to sources that are teaching Islam the way Islam is supposed to be taught with love, with kindness. And like taking those actual root behaviors and characteristics and traits that we as Muslims are supposed to portray I feel that's the best way to approach anyone in any conflict. It doesn't matter if they are doing something that's haram, right? You're not God, as Sarah said, but you can take what God has taught us and what the prophet has taught us and exercise love and compassion and find resources for people, even if you're not that resource for them. Definitely, I can relate to what the lady just mentioned. It's just being real with one another. At the end of the day, um, you know, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. And it's just being compassionate and reaching out to, to friends like Sarah and I have had so many conversations about where we are in life and the struggles we're facing. And it's just being being real with, with one another about how we're not, we're not, no one's perfect. So it's always going to be some work to be done. It's always going to be room for improvement. Um, but it's also what you want to take out of it. Like, for example, I, I remember growing up, I was always reading the Quran um, at the masjid and I went to Sunday school like anyone else would. And, you know, years later, I'd, I'd stop reading the Quran. So I actually forgot how to read. I picked up a Quran and I said, whoa, I don't know. I'm mixing up my letters. I don't know what I'm doing. And I, that kind of made me not want to read the Quran for a long time. And I felt disconnected. Um, but it's just pushing each other to make those steps if you really, really want it and to, to, to do your research, like Sidra mentioned, and to uh, try your best. So what I did over the COVID, the, the, the lockdown year, was I 
my, with the help of my mom, I got in touch with the teacher um, and I took these weekly classes for an hour, just learning from scratch and how to, how to read again. And that, that went a long way. So I felt like even though I haven't picked up the Quran since I stopped, you know, those lessons is it's still a battle that I'm dealing with. It's, it was still a step into the right direction into, into figuring out how to support my friends and myself and uh, trying your best to, to support, you know, anyone who's struggling with compassion and kindness, of course. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. I think it's like a really good one because um, as you guys know, this house is Peloton. Um, but um, one of the coaches, he says, you know, every time, like even if you're doing a five minute, 10 minute class is that, I'm doing more than someone who's sitting on the couch, you know, and it goes the same way for here. You know, you, you know, going out of your way to just, you know, like reaching out to that teacher or something uh, simple as, you know, like, you know, like even Sidra, you know, like, you know, you were defending, you know, so you're doing more than just someone else, you know? And I think like, you know, every little thing that you do connects you a little bit more to your faith and Islam in the greater picture, even though it might not feel like it. Yeah, no, these are all really, really great points. And I was actually taking notes as everyone was speaking. So I actually just want to conclude on a few things that what one can do to actually support another person if they're mentally declining or they come to you with some kind of like challenges or concerns. And based off of what everyone mentioned, some of the key points are being respectful, being open-minded, non-judgmental, showing kindness and compassion and being real with yourself and others um, and showing love. And I think the most important thing is being able, I, in addition to everything, is actually being able to challenge the norms. Um, I personally find that a lot of times when I support other friends or uh, you know family members who are going through something difficult, it's um, also instead of having to challenge these different thoughts, but also asking them, to embrace that time as well, because embracing that time and accepting that and saying, hey, this is a challenge that, you know, God is putting me through. What's my lesson? What do I have to learn? And I think really coming in with that different perspective, which is what can I learn from this experience is so important to help us grow, not just for ourselves um, as adults, but also as like, you know, being the next generation of Muslim youth. It's, it's so important. Um, so, yeah, with that, I'll, uh, I'll let Hitler take over. Yeah, and Shazia, I was taking notes too, and you know, I learned so much from this discussion. It was so cool how we discussed where we stand with religion, the challenges we face, and the steps that we take to overcome them. I'm sure that our listeners would leave with the feeling that they're not alone in facing their challenges. Everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own meaning of what religion is to them. And before I conclude, I would like to first thank Khalil, and thanks, Sidra, for speaking with us about this topic. This is a very tough topic to talk about. And Shazia listed all the takeaways as well. Uh, for Sidra, Khalil, are, are there any uh, takeaway, last remarks that you guys would like to share? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, thank you for having me on this podcast. I had a great time getting to know you all. And uh, one last takeaway, I guess it's, Everyone has their own path that they're taking. There's no timeline. There's no like specific structure to how you find your light. You know, it's one step at a time with a little bit of patience and some love. Um, you know, we'll all be okay. 
Yeah, the list, the listeners can't see, but I'm sitting here nodding my head at like everything. Uh, I totally agree. Thank you so much, you guys, for not only having us on, but having this platform. And like Lil mentioned, no matter where you are in life, no matter how young, how old, how new or born into the religion you are, it's everyone has to find it on their own path and in their own way. And uh, we can we can only be the people if we choose to be that help others and ourselves um and it's platforms like this and communities like this that really help everyone understand that they're not alone um no matter what they're going through there's someone there they can partner up with and there's someone there to listen and that's one of the most beautiful things about i think our upcoming generations yes exactly again thank you both for taking the time out of your day to help in new reality and we're excited to maybe have you guys back for other topics um, so to all our listeners, make sure you can check out Khalil and Sidra on our social media. We'll be tagging them on our Instagram posts as well as in um, our podcast posts on both on Spotify and Apple Music. Amazing. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to be you, be awesome, and stay rising. Take care.